Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is uh, the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko and my partner, Ari. Hello. Um, thank you guys for joining us in the second episode of uh, Joel, Green- Joel Greenblatt's uh, Magic Formula. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to actually use this magic formula in practice and how he might, Joel Greenblatt himself might use this formula in his investment practice. Um, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, we talk about what magic formula is, why is it important, um, what is the formula. We talk about those stuff in the previous episode, so check that out before you listen to this one. Um, all right. Before we move on uh, and dive into this one, could you give us a disclaimer, Hari? Yeah. So um, this is the uh, Value Investor TV podcast. We are here to help you learn how to invest like value investors would. Um, we are not financial advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So uh, before making any investment decisions, um, if you need to contact a financial advisor um, and uh, uh, to go over your specific financial situation. Awesome. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, Fourth of July is approaching. It's uh, time is is flying by. We're recording this podcast on June 29th, so I'm not sure when this will go out. But Fourth um, uh, of July is approaching. I hope everyone is enjoying their will enjoy their Fourth of July weekend or. Uh, have enjoyed their 4th of July weekend if it goes out afterwards. Okay. Uh, let's get into this, Hari. Um, yeah. How should we start this? Should we talk about, should we give uh, our listeners a little, uh, a small kind of summary of what we talked about previously, what yeah. what the formula is? Yeah. Why don't you tell us, uh, tell everyone what the formula is just in case they've, you know, have, you know, forgotten from the last episode. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> So, um, you know, as value investors, we like to look at good companies that are cheap. So those are, those are two different measurements that we look at for companies. A company could be a a cheap company, but it could be a a horrible company. So we want to look for cheap company that are really excellent. And so, uh, to, to, to measure these two different things, Joel Greenblatt, um, has a, has two formulas to look at the, the, how cheap a company is and also how a good, how good the company is. So, so the, the first, the first aspect, the cheap aspect is he looks at EBIT divided by enterprise value, EBIT divided by enterprise value. And the second formula, how good a company is, he looks at EBIT divided by, uh, capital employed. And, uh, so those are, those are the at high level, what the formulas are. If you want to learn more about exactly what they are, we talked in detail about these uh, respective formulas in the previous episode. So do check them out. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we get going and talk about how this, these formulas can be used in practice? Yeah. So, um, if you are, um, you know, if you're on the, on YouTube, you can see the book, um, that talks about this called The Little Book That Beats the Market. Uh, and there's a follow-up to it called The Little Book That Still Beats the Market uh, down there by Joel Greenblatt. So I'd highly recommend reading it because um, it's very short. You know, it's only about 120 pages. And he kind of explains that formula 
um, in detail. And then he actually also explains how he uses it or how an uh, investor would use it in practice, right? So in the book, what he says is he's trying to make this formula so that a person who doesn't have time to invest can and, and research stocks can actually go and find 30 companies, buy um, six or seven of them per quarter, uh, and then hold them for about a year, right? So he, he, you know, essentially what you're doing is taking your money, investing um, a small amount of it, you know, uh, in chunks every quarter, holding those companies, you know, for about a year, and then selling them uh, a one year later. Um, and then based on whether they are losers, you would, you know, sell them before the tax year is up. And if they are winners, you would hold them for one more day than the, and a year so that you would uh, get any, get um, capital gains benefits. So, you know, the idea that he is proposing with this book is really more around an investor who is not doing any of their own, you know, homework. Um, you know, you would own, uh, you know, between 25 and 30 stocks using that, uh, and you would kind of uh, reduce your risk associated with each, you know, which with this because you've kind of spread out your money over 30 different businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, it's a fine approach to do it that way. But, um, you know, I, I think in practice, the problem with that is that there is some, you know, there's 30 companies that you have to buy. You know, let's say you only have $10,000. You know, you're only putting in, you know, a few hundred dollars per company, right? And you may have some, you know, big winners, you may have some marginal ones, and you may have some losers. Um, and so, you know, there's, um, you know, and with that amount of capital, unless you're in a, you know, if you're paying seven or eight dollars per transaction, you know that those fees can actually eat into your portfolio uh, yeah. there, right? I, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing this approach. I think it's it's totally fine. But you know, for our purposes, you know, I think the podcast here we are trying to help you learn how to uh, invest for yourself by buying companies. And you know, if you can't, you know, the alternative is to do what. Greenblatt suggests with 30 businesses or buy an index fund and just use that as a passive way to make um, decisions. But if we were kind of thinking about how Greenblatt would do this in practice, right? I think Greenblatt probably holds much fewer than 30 stocks. Um, Mm. You know, I've seen him talk about this in uh, various things. I I think he has some lectures on YouTube. I think he has a few, uh, lecture notes that you can find from his class on in Colombia. Um, and I think he owns like five to eight businesses and he actually doesn't own them for a year. He'll hold them for, you know, longer than that, three years to five years, uh, depending. Um, so he has a much more concentrated portfolio. Um, and so between five and eight companies is, you know, is, is, you know, about 10 to 12%, 10 to 20% of your portfolio in each individual business. Um, you know, which is, you know, some would say is a lot, some would say it not. Um, I think those are, you know, it's all dependent on your, you know, your ability to understand that. But what he's really doing is he's using the magic formula to screen out and give himself a list of companies that he then goes and reviews, right? And then he's reviewing those with a checklist or however he does it and identifying the ones that are really the truly the best of the best, right? That he can see some clear um value in them um they're not you know their businesses aren't eroding he can see that they're going to grow over time right 
Um, because even though there some of these companies are good and cheap, they still may be value traps. They may have uh, a lot of debt. They may have other things that are creating them. So, I mean, imagine if you have a company, you know, we talked about the enterprise value of the business. Well, if the stock is trading at two cents a share, and it's all in debt, right? A hundred or ninety percent of the enterprise value is in debt. Well, that's not necessarily a good business, right? Like, mm-hmm, yeah. it may have a good earnings yield, but it'll be going to bankruptcy, right? So, mm-hmm. it's not an indiscriminate purchase of companies. I think he's looking through the businesses and seeing which ones will be good in the next three to five years that'll have some, mm-hmm. you know. So he's actually investigating the underlying business itself, and he may punt on it because you know, it's too hard or it doesn't have the, you know, so using that same checklist that we've always talked about, you can get kind of a, a, a filter, you know, of, of the company. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously, um, <clears throat> one of the, one of the things that I brought up in the previous episode is that Joel Greenblatt is a big, big name value investor in his, and his performance, if you look at it, um, from since 1980s, to the early 2000s, his return has been 40%. 40%. Compounded annual growth rate of 40%. That's insane. That's an insane amount. It's, that's an insane level of growth. Right. And, uh, you know, he uses these approach, uh, like, like we, like you talked about, Hari, Hari just talked about with the magic formula to filter out the companies that have really good value at a discounted price. And then he reviews them on it with his own checklist or, um, you know, with his own investment team and things like that. But this is, again, um, we believe this is a filtering tool to allow him to focus on companies that he thinks has potential. It is not a tool to make, you know, basically just, um, push the decision to the filter itself. Um, so if this is just a filter to get, um, you know, 50 to hundred companies that fit, fit his uh, decision uh, investment decisions and from there he will review uh, and i think that's how people should use it and that's how we harry myself uh, have used it before yeah and i'll give you an example of a company that i found using that um so I, and this was in 2008 or 2009 um i found a company called accenture um so accenture is a it services firm um you know, they, they are like consultants like Deloitte or KPMG. They provide, uh, but they focus on the IT space. So if you need, you're at a, you know, Fortune 500 company and you're trying to roll out a Office 365, they'll hire Accenture. They'll come out and install, uh, train, support, you know, that, you know, all, all of those things. So mm-hmm. it's a services business. They had a very high return on capital. Um, and they had a very high earnings yield at the time because this was right around when the uh, market crashed um, several years ago in, in 2009. Um, and I bought the company and I held it for about eight years. Um, and it was an eight bagger for me. Um, you know, I made a nice chunk of change. It was a very easy investment to make. Um, and, you know, some of the other businesses that I had bought at the same time, um, you know, did not turn out so well. I mean, they had a, um, you know, it was a tough, tough time in the market also because of the macro environment that we were in. But mm. Accenture had a consistent company. They were doing very well. It was a very easy investment to make. Um, and if I had been more in tune with what I was doing at the time, I would have probably spent more, put more of my 
uh, asset allocation into all of into Accenture instead of distributing it amongst, you know, five or six different companies that, you know, I didn't know as well. Right. So part of this is also understanding like when I'm putting all my eggs into a basket, I'm going to watch that basket and know exactly what's in that basket. Right. I don't mm-hmm. want to just indiscriminately buy things. And if I do do that, then I need to be distributing my risk amongst you know, many different companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I found over using this, because this, the book is around 15 years old, I would say, at this point, there are some really fantastic companies that appear on the list. There are also some huge duds on the list. And <laughs> you've got to kind of go through there and look. Um, I, I think you know, I looked at this maybe three or six months ago, and GameStop was one of the companies on the Magic Formula list. And yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it, you know, we didn't, I had passed on it because I knew it was a lousy business as a value trap, right? Um, but I, I think it was good when we actually did the podcast on it to to kind of you know reinforce what I knew already um, about it. But you know that's what I want to make sure everyone understands is if you're going to use this, it is not a indiscriminately buy whatever appears on this list. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. This is how I find businesses to look at. I can't know 5,000 companies on uh, uh, that are being publicly traded, but I want a list of maybe 50 or 100 that I can start perusing, right? And that's how I would look. And I, mm-hmm. what I would do is I would screen for companies that have a high return on tangible capital, the uh, return on capital employed of, let's say, 50% or more, right? I don't want a companies that are 10 or 15%. I want it to be very high. And then I want an earnings yield of about 10 or 15%. So, you know, we have a a database that uh, Becco and I play with um, that we've personally created. um, And we we have a a magic formula screener built into it. Um, And I think we did a back test just this week, you know, in preparation for the podcast. And um, since 2000, the Magic formula would have returned us about twenty four and a half percent. So you know, it's fantastic returns, right? This is yeah. uh, using those same cutoffs I just mentioned: fifteen percent earnings yield, fifty percent return on capital employed as this as the minimum, and then mm-hmm. picking companies off of that list. Um, if if even if you didn't pick the companies off the list and you just bought all of them, you would have gotten a twenty five percent return. Yeah. So. It's- and that goes to show the power of magic formula. Yeah. And um, just, I want to give you a little plug um, for our uh, for our database. You know, this is something that we have been working on um, to make it available for for our listeners. Um, so, yeah, this is this is a this is a website. It's a web application that we're trying to build out, and we want to make it available for for our listeners uh, soon. So, um, just uh keep on the lookout for a message uh, when it becomes available um, to with the filters and, and the, and all the publicly traded, all the publicly available information about publicly traded companies should all be available in the web application. Yeah. And um, Um, if you want to get on a, um, a mailing list, um, you know, to, to be told when it does come out, you can send us an email info at valueinvestor.org. And we will, happy to notify you when it does become available uh, so that you can start using it. But, you know, getting back to the formula, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think it's a really powerful 
thing because what you see is there's a lot of businesses that f- meet the criteria that are, you know, they're just bums, right? You just, you, you know, you're going to have to figure out which ones are the bums in there. Um, and taking GameStop as an example, you know, I just don't understand it. It's, it's, you know, the business as, as it is today is eroding. So I don't want to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other companies that are on that list, you may not have heard of them. Um, you go in and investigate, kind of understand what they are, and you say, yeah, this is a great business, it's, and there's nothing wrong with it, and that's a potential investment right there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really think this is a great way to screen. It's a great way to do your portfolio, you know, um, and I don't think it really requires, um, you know, if you're even if you're a beginning investor, it's a good place to start because you can start screening quickly um, down to a, a, you know, a targeted list of companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Agree with you 100% there, Hari. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I think the the magic formula is is a very powerful tool, and you know, as we as we talked about it, as we did, as Hari talked about with the back test, it yielded it yielded really good performance for that, for that at least past 20 years. 20 years or 10 years? Was it 20 years? 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. With the recession in there, right? Yep. You got big recession in uh, 08, 09. Um, the compounding annual growth rate of above 25%, 24%. That's uh, pretty astounding returns right there. So it just it just tells you that this is a fertile ground to look for really good investments. And if you pick the right one, your return, it, it doesn't have to be 24%. It can be 50%. It could be 60%. It could be, it could be 40% like Greenblatt himself. You know, it has done for the last 30 or for the past 30 years. So, again, I think this is a good filtering uh, mechanism and it's a, it's a good fertile ground to look for good opportunities, like Hari said. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's it for us. Um, anything else you want to add real quick? No, like I said, we, we have a lot of things that uh, are coming up. Um, you know, as Be- Becco mentioned, one of those is a website to help help you start your own process for investing and looking up companies. Um, You know, we're hoping that, you know, we'll be able to get that uh, running uh, by the end of the summer. Um, So if you want to be notified, you know, obviously we will, we will also mention it on the podcast, but if you want to be notified when it comes out, um, send us an email um, info at valueinvestor.org. Anything else you want to add? Hari? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think Becco had mentioned that we're trying to launch this website. We're hoping to get it up and running by the end of summer 2019. If you are uh, interested and want to um, to have access to it, uh, email, send us an email, info at valueinvestor.org. We'll also mention it on the podcast when it comes available and, and probably do a, a whole podcast on it um, just to help you understand what's on there. But, you know, we're really excited about this. This, I think, will be a great tool to help um, people find uh, good investments to help them research them. Obviously you'll have to still do your own re- work afterwards, but I think it's a great place to start looking for uh, uh, potential investments. Um, we will probably also include on that website, some other exciting things that we are um, not just a database of stocks, but um, some of our own lists that we create. Um, so we're, we're excited to bring that guys Uh, bring that to you guys so um you know stay tuned yeah 
exciting times ahead guys um again uh, thank you all for listening i know a lot of you guys sent us emails and 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 uh, twitter and uh and all, all those comments are really helpful for us so keep them coming keep asking questions i want to we want to get this community going um of, of value investors online so uh, again thank you all for listening and um i'll see you on the next one yeah thank you thanks guys mm-hmm.